You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Panthers, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council. As always, talking Carolina Panthers with you right now. For the first half of July, three times a week, you're getting shows Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week. Next week might be different, so the important thing for you to do is go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify, on Odyssey, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts, and have it directly downloaded to your phone, your laptop, tablet, whatever you do to listen to the podcast. Make sure you have everything subscribed and followed so you get the show whenever the show comes out. In a couple weeks, when we get to, I believe, the 19th of July, we'll be back to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's right, five days a week, your team, every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So until then, and even then, make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, as throughout the offseason, typically on Fridays, not doing it this Friday uh, because I will be out of town, but we're going to try and get back to it here uh, as training camp gets going in the next couple weeks. But still, send in your mailbag questions for a weekly Friday mailbag. If I don't get to them on Friday, I will find time the next week or throughout the week to find a way to answer your questions. That's what I want to do. I want to get your listener feedback here on Locked on Panthers. On today's show, going to be the first part of a two-part conversation with Nick Carbone, the sports director over at WCNC. He also does some work with WFNZ in Charlotte locally, hosting the Panthers pregame show. So make sure to listen to him throughout the fall as well if he's back doing that. I'm not sure or not, but he also does a really good job um, with the local NBC affiliate here in Charlotte. I pop on with him a couple of times uh, to got Carolina Panthers. And I'll be doing that throughout the fall, I'm sure, and probably some time during training camp. So that's my guy. And he was nice enough to give me some time to talk about Sam Darnold, the Panthers, and everything going on uh, with the team this offseason. So here's that interview coming up right now. All right, as promised. Sports director for WCNC, your local NBC affiliate, Nick Carboni, joining me now here on Locked On Panthers. Nick, how are you doing? How, hope you had a happy Fourth of July holiday. Yeah, you too, buddy. It's uh, right now. It's about slowing down the time before training camp, and for us, the Olympics, and also making sure we're ready to go. So, I'm I'm definitely more in the slowing down portion of it right now. Yeah, not a I whole feel- lot going on. I feel you there. I've been telling the folks listening to the podcast that this is uh, we're in a content desert for the NFL schedule. Like they do a pretty good job of keeping us interested all the way through August and really late July until basically the end of June. But then there's like that six week stretch where there's absolutely nothing in between mandatory mini camp and of course training camp for the Carolina Panthers coming up here on July 27th. So I've really been telling people that. No news is good news for the Carolina Panthers. The only thing that can happen is bad things. And in a way, and let's start off here, because we were talking about this before we started recording. In a way, if you're the Carolina Panthers front office, you got some bad news last week when the New Orleans Saints decided to sign (laughs) their all-pro, three-time all-pro, by the way, first team once, second team twice, right tackle, Ryan Ramchick, to a five-year $96 million deal with $60 million guaranteed. 
which only complicates things as the Carolina Panthers have franchise tagged their right tackle, Taylor Moten, and really the only dependable man on the offensive line, which is not the best unit by any stretch on this offense. How, what are your thoughts on the whole situation there as the Panthers still have about a week, July 15th, to sign Moten to a long-term deal? Well, I think there is a little bit of flexibility if if you're the Panthers because you do have him under the tag. Uh, Taylor Moten hasn't come out and said, like, hell no, I won't play – Uh, under the tag I'm going to sit out the year you know maybe there is a play where the Panthers want to wait a year and maybe the market kind of course corrects and that 18 to 19 million per doesn't look so bad against whatever that salary salary cap is going to be in 2022 but I think that they'd be better served to get a deal done with as you mentioned their only consistent offensive linemen. They're only above league, league average offensive linemen without, you know, any sort of path to the next one really laid out in simple terms in front of them. Uh, Taylor Moten is, is somebody that uh, he's gotten better every year. He's turned himself into an all around right tackle. And listen, he's not the, the left tackle that you've coveted for, for almost a decade, But it's a really damn important position, especially when you're not only looking to protect a new quarterback, but you're looking to protect and make room for Christian McCaffrey to have a potentially all-pro season again. And that is probably going to be a massive part of your offense going forward. So I think they'd be better served to get the long-term deal done. But I can see the play of like, okay, if you play under the tag this year, we can kind of wait to see what those numbers look like relative to the cap in 22. And that's what's difficult here. Like, that's $19 million a year that Ramchick's getting. And I, I tell the listeners, the best way to look at this deal, really, is anytime you see five years, there's a way to get out of it after three, yep. which if you go look at Spo Track, I mean, that it already explains it to you there. It's $60 million in guarantees. So, so if you hit those, that's great. Yeah, and that's $20 million a year. Like, are we really yeah. sitting here trying to give Taylor Moten $20 a year? Now, when you look at in terms of necessity – he could make the argument, at least his agent could make the argument, like, hey, this is the only guy on your roster that is consistent. He has, and he also hasn't been a pro bowler yet, but he's the only consistent yep. guy. John Miller, who I guess would project out to be right guard to start the season, he's not going to be back next year in all likelihood. Matt Paradis, he's probably moving on. Pat Elfline, Cam Irving, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Sure, there's certainly more of a chance of those guys returning than the other guys, but there's a possibility – that all five offensive linemen could be gone if Taylor Moten's not re-signed, which wouldn't that give the Panthers even more incentive to want to sign him or at least, you know, a little twist to the arm from the agent side for uh, Taylor Moten? Yeah, that's my main issue here is, like, if you don't get anything done long-term with Taylor Moten, like, maybe you – it would be unfortunate (laughs) if they had, like, another top eight pick next year. Maybe that's where you get – your next great offensive lineman, maybe go out and pay somebody else. But then it's like, okay, why didn't you just pay Taylor Moten? And from the Panthers' point of view, like now the Panthers, it's it's not like Taylor Moten's agent is like, uh, hey, Marty, what do you got? Like, you know, like it's a different set of circumstances and they're going up against a different Panthers front office that consists of Scott Fitter, who we've seen to be a pretty shrewd and smart GM. He hasn't, put a team on the field in the regular season yet, but we'll see. I mean, so far, I, I think I like the way he at least at least he operates. You've got Samir Suleiman, like, literally just a cap guy. Uh, so it's not like 
Taylor Moten's agent is going to be able to just convince the Panthers GM that Taylor Moten is better than Ryan Ramchick or, or is more deserving of an 18, 19, $20 million deal than some of the ones that have been doled out. I mean, as you mentioned, he, he hasn't been all pro, uh, did not even pro bowl, not that, even, that, not yeah. even pro bowl. Either. Doesn't even have that on his resume, which, you know, isn't, isn't a horrendously tough thing to, to achieve, uh, in, in, this age of the NFL. So I think the Panthers have a few things that they can, you know, go back with too, uh, until they ultimately settle on some sort of deal. Hopefully that's near, you know, the franchise number and, and the astronomical number that was handed down in New Orleans. Quick pause. And then we'll be right back here with Nick Carboni. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Go to the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. We have to look at it like this too. So, you got—he's obviously in the contract year. He's getting paid this year. I hate the franchise tag. I think it's complete BS because I—you're I, holding players hostage. If you don't yeah. want to pay them, then you shouldn't force them to play for your team. I yeah. didn't like it back in Le'Veon but, Bell. I mean, it works out for the, the team. Play, don't hate the player. <laughs> I oh, mean, it's I, in there. It's within. It's in the cards. I will. And that's why I think the Panthers. I don't. I wouldn't love it if they did it, but they could maybe do it this year and hope the market course corrects to a better number against the cap. But and I, I love a long-term deal. One year, fine. But like what Pittsburgh tried to do a couple years ago for Le'Veon Bell, just ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm also in the camp of, I think all running backs should be making federal minimum wage. So, <laughs> but still, I didn't think it's it was It's a good right. town for you to be covering football <laughs> in then. Well, you know, I thought, <laughs> look, they, they're always going to pay Christian. It didn't really matter. I think he's a really good player and he's obviously deserving the money. But the first year he started as with that contract, which hadn't really kicked in, he got injured. And that's just bad luck more than anything. But you've seen many examples of why you don't pay running backs. And there's plenty of examples of why you pay a right tackle. Now, paying him that much money, I don't know if I necessarily believe he's worth Ryan Ramchick money. And I think that's what the team is going to – like realistically, like, okay, you had – you had a really good season on top of two nice foundational seasons. Like, we don't think you're Ryan Ramchek yet, though. We don't think you're 19 million. Like, that's a convincing argument for the team to make. Like, of course, Taylor Moten and his agent are going to be like, oh, yeah, like, we're at that level. But, like, no, like, here's why you're not. And so you're not going to get that contract. Yeah, he just got it. And we see contracts, leap contracts all the time. But – it could be in the vis. It could be. It could hover around that, but I don't think. I don't think the Panthers are gonna gonna come to a, that high a number. I'd be surprised. But no, I, they do need to get. They need. I think they need to lock them up, though. I just hope they don't get get swindled. The worst thing, because at this point, uh, I, I find it. I don't. I don't think you can really get a read on the situation. Moten's certainly not the type of guy. Right. I, would, I could figure. He's not I'm- posting on Instagram. He's not like unfollowing the team. Like this isn't. Like you said, a Le'Veon Bell. This isn't a wide receiver. This is a 
It's a right tackle. And generally speaking, they're a little more mild-mannered and they, they're, they're really not that. And I'm not saying it's wrong with those. Like I like that sometimes players can kind of take control and, and control the narrative and, and put their feelings out there and, and that benefits them. But Taylor Moten has basically said, I'm not worried about it. I'll play under the franchise tag. I'm going to play this year no matter what. So, And I like that. He's a pretty unassuming guy. The only, if you want to try and look at it as, oh, this is a sign that he's going to stay in Charlotte, is him buying a house. I've also told nope. folks, like, <laughs> look, his mom, his parents, like they moved down from Michigan down to the area because his, his mom's family's down here, his family's yeah. down here. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte's a really nice place to live. We're seeing a ton of people moving here every day. Uh, so, Hey, yeah, he people bought a house. that make twenty million dollars a year, they have more than one house. Exactly, and it's <laughs> one of those things where, yeah, he bought a house in Charlotte. I think he will have the whole forever home deal. I think he wants yeah. to live here, yeah. you know, like in the off season or for the rest of his life after his football career. Doesn't matter. But right yeah. now, I think he's more concerned about getting the bag. Now we'll move away from this after this one quick question here. Uh, Brady Christensen drafted obviously as a tackle a little bit later. The Panthers got a tackle than I would have liked. Panay Sewell is just right there, but the Lions instead, they take him, and now they're playing him right tackle, and that is just I, – I, I can't believe they're doing that. But they have Taylor Decker, so I guess I get it, <laughs> even though it's still super annoying when the Panthers have a gigantic <laughs> need at left tackle. But um, Brady Christensen, Matt Rule right now, thinks he's better suited on the right side. Could that be somewhat of an insurance plan for the Carolina Panthers if they're even thinking that way? In terms of like if Moten, if they were not, if they didn't have Moten or, or to move Moten to the left. To, they, or if yeah. they want a strong arm and be like, hey, I mean, you, you were good because they could have yeah. done this last year coming in. And a lot of people were yelling out, why don't you extend Moten now? Don't wait and see what he does the upcoming season. Now, of course, he was an all pro or pro bowler, but still had a really good year. And the offensive line was pretty bad. And now it's another season of like. Well, you're giving him the franchise tag, and they're talking about how that means that they really value him, but they didn't bring in Moten. Brady Christensen yeah. is the guy that they brought in. Now, this is just kind of a thought process people could have. Yeah. Not necessarily saying, I have this No, I process. get it. Yeah. I think that Brady Christensen and I'll even throw, like, Dennis Daly in there are two guys where they don't really know yet. Like, they don't know if Dennis Daly's a left tackle or a guard yet. I think he's a tackle. They don't know if Brady Christensen is a guard or a tackle yet or which side. Like, I, I truly don't think they, especially with Christensen, they don't really know. They liked him. They didn't, like, love him as much as some of the other tackles they had on the on the board in that range when they were constantly trading. That's obvious because like, he he's in the third yeah, round. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of like, – like, but even in that range. Yeah. Like, even in that range, he wasn't, like, that guy. Like, I think they were kind of bummed out about a couple of other guys. So, I don't think they're really sh- – they can really use that – as leverage at this point, I mean, even, even if he has a good training camp, um, I just don't know what Brady Christensen is going to be in his first season in the NFL. And I don't think they do either. Um, that would be an interesting play, but, uh, I just, I, I'm really, I am very much in the wait and see, uh, camp in terms of what Brady Christensen is going to be able to do. Yeah, it would be a bold strategy for sure. All right, let's look at, I guess, the rest of this roster. The big story, obviously, this offseason was the trade for Sam Darnold and then the decision come draft night, which I sat here and told people for weeks was already made that they weren't going to take a quarterback. 
You know, I got people sending me, you know, articles about sunk costs and all this other nonsense. Like, yeah, okay, I get what you're trying to tell me, but just like listen to them when they tell you what they are going to do. And the team told you like five weeks before the draft, we're not in love with any of these guys. We're not getting Zach Wilson, who I think is going to be garbage. Um, We're obviously not getting Trevor Lawrence. I don't think they thought they're going to get Trey Lance or whoever, but they sat there and they knew they probably had an opportunity at eight to maybe get Justin Fields, who of course was there, or maybe get Mac Jones, who of course was there, and they passed because they liked Sam Darnold more. I'm of the opinion that the owner here, David Tepper, is not patient enough to sit there and wait for a rookie quarterback to develop over a couple years because not every guy you get is going to be Patrick Mahomes, who, remember, sat out the first year, then second year became league MVP, of course. Josh Allen, probably a better example. First two seasons, promise, but really not that great. Last year was awesome. He also had a, a lot around him. So I don't think he has the patience to sit here and wait for a rookie quarterback, especially after the first three seasons of just pure trash at the position and just within, within the organization as he took over things from Jerry Richardson in the old regime of the first 25 years here in Carolina. More with Nick Carboni in just a minute. Guys have been telling you about Built Bar, and now there's something awesome that they just put out. Limited time flavor, Built Grasshopper Cookie. Available this week only, July 6th through the 9th. Get the new Built Bar flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? It's just Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. You know the Girl Scouts always giving you those fine cookies, those Thin Mints. I love them. You love them. Now, Built Bar's found a way to basically bring you the same cookie with their own flavor, Built Bar. All the flavor without the sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, including coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. There's something for everyone. They're soft and easy to chew and 100% covered in chocolate, and they're super healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or maybe raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. We're almost there to Tokyo. Almost to Tokyo. A little bit of controversy, but we're almost there to Tokyo. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. And you get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And you can have the brand new Grasshopper cookie flavor. Limited time offer. They taste like Thin Mints. I know you're going to want this. Looking at Sam Darnold, I'm not a believer. I, what is your feeling on just a decision to trade for him and potentially how he fits in here in Carolina? I am of the opinion that 2022, we're going to be right back here talking about another quarterback and how they fit into the Carolina Panthers three weeks away from training camp beginning. Yeah, I mean, when you compare it to, you know, was the other option to keep Teddy Bridgewater for that second year? And yeah, the contract and should they have given him that? And like they needed, I think they just needed to do something. So if you follow their, and and I'll give the Panthers digital team some credit here. And some of it goes to David Tepper's patience. I think we saw, you know, I think there was a lot of like kind of the opposite of what you were saying, where a lot of people were like, well, David Tepper is going to be pounding the table because he wants a big-name star rookie quarterback in the first round. 
And we saw that that wasn't the case. And the other thing that they showed in that that kind of post-draft episode was when Matt Rule put like the you know top 10 guys they had on the board, like on the little whiteboard, the name Justin Fields wasn't even on there. So no, I think wasn't. that they had to absolutely move on from Teddy Bridgewater. I don't – I'm not super pessimistic about Darnold. But I also don't know, like, how good is he going to be? Like, is he going to be the franchise quarterback, the Patrick Mahomes type guy, like you mentioned, that that this franchise is ultimately going to need to put it over the top? I don't see that happening. But I, I do think he's got a little more than he showed in three seasons with New York. And, you know, I know not all of it had to do with, with how the Jets were operating, but more than with a lot of franchises, I think it had a whole hell of a lot to do with how he played because the coach was absolutely abysmal yeah, and it got worse and worse and worse. And the roster was just atrocious around it. I mean, he connected with Robbie Anderson when he was there, but that was when Robbie Anderson was there. Uh, you know, I, I just, I think they had to, they had to pull a move. I get the logic of, of, you know, kind of, gaining some of those picks back and a kind of a two for one with JC Horn. And you needed that. I really liked the JC Horn pick, Yeah, you know, on its own, just stand standing on its own. So I don't hate it, but I I'm not convinced. I'll put it this way. I'm not convinced it's going to be their last swing in this particular window. No, and Matt rule and Scott Fitter. I think the directive was Deshaun Watson, obviously with everything that's going on there legally. And that still has not been played out and he didn't even show up for, He's not on the commissioner's exempt list or any of that. He is. There's if he plays in two months, my mind will for the Texans. My mind will be blown. I, like, I, I can't. I, I can't imagine a world in which Deshaun Watson is suiting up in Week One for for any NFL team with all this stuff going on. But definitely not the Texans. No, it's uh, it's set up for um, Tyrod to eventually lose his job to probably that kid from Stanford. Yeah, not, not even Davis Mills. They'll probably lose. His, they're not going to be. They're not. They're, Davis Mills did nothing in college. I don't even understand how <laughs> the NFL draft lead up tells you this guy who's like torn his ACL 15 times is the fifth best quarterback. I think I, we went six, whatever, behind Kyle Trask. But either way, um, no, setting up for Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma to take uh, Tyrod's job eventually um, there in Houston. I, I don't think it's necessarily pessimism with Sam Darnold. I think it's just, you know, being realistic yeah. about. When you look at quarterbacks who have yeah. put up the resume he's had, what guys have bounced back and turned themselves into like really good, solid franchise quarterbacks? Like I looked at the Panthers fan survey at the Athletic Joe Person put together, and fifty-two percent of fans felt that he could be a dependable starter, but not a Super Bowl level quarterback. Which okay, but like, is that what we want here? I, I thought that the goal is to, is sustain success and trying to win Super Bowls. Like, I don't want any guy playing quarterback here who we don't think can win a Lombardi. And when you look at it, yeah, the situation in New York was not great. But he also was very bad in situations where he was pressured and not pressured. He made a lot of critical mistakes and throwing across his body over the middle late and not being able to, like, to read the out routes with the corners dropping back and intercepted that way. There's a lot of fundamental stuff that – you should have figured out after your first couple seasons in the NFL that even under Adam Gase, you want to throw him under the bus. Like, is that all Adam Gase's fault that Sam Darnold couldn't process a defense and is making boneheaded decisions that, like, I don't, that we don't even see Tad Hudson up at Huff High School making? <laughs> I mean, come on. So, and also with like quarterbacks when they're young, Watson, we saw it immediately. We saw it immediately with yeah. Patrick Mahomes. 
Lamar Jackson, however you feel about him, we saw it immediately. Eventually in year three, Josh Allen, same draft class, he figured it out. So whatever the situation is, eventually they get it figured out and he just hasn't gotten it figured out. So that's just kind of the way I look at it. It's just I don't really know how you can realistically sit here and be that excited. Now I can see the reasoning behind bringing him in here. But, man, just the case studies of guys who had a similar resume and what we see coming out of college and the guys being ready to go and showing immediate progress and, like, that they have it, I just – I've never seen it from him. And and they just, and they're not going to come out and say that they didn't have a lot of options. Bridgewater was not going to be an option. I mean, he was completely I, – I know he wasn't, like, abysmal, but he was completely uninspiring. He absolutely played his worst moments – in the biggest moments of games. And I just don't think the team believed him anymore. I don't think the team around him believed him. Not, not just the front office, the coaching staff, the ownership. I don't think the team around him believed in him anymore. And then they reportedly wanted to go get Matt Stafford. Didn't, didn't work out. Didn't like a guy enough to take him at eight. It worked out for Matt. It sure did. Yeah. They're (laughs) going to be, they're going to be really good this year. So, okay. Now it's, we're down to Sam Darnold, and now everybody gets on. Yeah, we can make it work. Yeah, we. Joe Brady says, "Yeah, I'm confident enough to 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 make it work." Scott Fitter says, "I'm confident enough to to figure out the pick situation, and get get Bridgewater out of here." So, listen, I don't think they went in the offseason. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. When when the Deshaun stuff with the Texans was bubbling, for sure the Panthers were trying to be in on that, no doubt about it. And then it just kind of went chick chick. Chick and you end up with Sam Darnold and you know we'll see we'll we'll see what he can do but I just think compared to last year it infuses at least a little bit of hope that you know they can get past some of those moments and win some of those games they just were not able to last year yeah I know people probably at home are like oh you hate Sam Darnold I don't even know the guy (laughs) like I just look at what he's done like going back to like tape is bad some of the tape is really bad the tape I'll give you that the tape don't lie. <laughs> so that's what's But inserted. does it give context? <laughs> it does not. Oh, why? Look, man, the only context you need is what happens between those lines. What happens between those lines was not good. Because, again, it's uh, we talk about the NFL being a, a meritocracy and all that other nonsense. And, you know, based off of what merit does Sam Darnold deserve to be a starting quarterback in the NFL over Teddy Bridgewater? Um, I can't name any at all, if we're being honest with ourselves. So Yeah, I think – for this team, it just like the Bridgewater thing just was like it couldn't happen anymore. It ended so badly and things got so messy at the end of games. I really don't I mean, they'll never say it. The players will never say it. I just I think the players around him didn't have faith in him anymore. I yeah. really don't I really don't think there was a lot, you know, of I don't think there was a lot of inspiration around Teddy Bridgewater being the quarterback of that team anymore. Yeah, and, and it's not a ton of inspiration for me as an observer, you, yeah. anyone, the fan base, obviously the front office, because <laughs> Tepper was trying to kick him out with two mm-hmm. weeks left in the season <laughs> on that Zoom press conference saying uh, we parted <laughs> ways with Marty Hurney. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were ready to move on. And at least having Sam Darnold here makes it, this team a little bit more interesting heading into the season. Yeah. I, I, like At the very least, like they're – we are going to see something different. We all knew what we were yeah. going to get with Teddy Bridgewater. I know people wish that they would have been worse, but had they wanted to do that, they would have started uh, Will Greer or P.J. Walker last season. Like, that was not what they wanted to do for a first-year head coach trying to establish a culture. And I understand 
but I don't really want to necessarily hear a lot about culture because you beat the Washington football team with Dwayne Haskins throwing the ball to you four times in that game. Great stuff there from Nick Carboni, the sports director from WCNC right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, covering the Carolina Panthers and all things Charlotte sports. Part two. Coming up on Friday, no Friday mailbag, so instead, you're going to get your part two of this conversation, but still, make sure to get in your mailbag questions by following me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I will answer your questions sometime next week. Likely not going to have another one next Friday, as I will also be out of town, but if you get them in enough, if you guys give me enough questions, then maybe I could answer your questions and have them sitting there ready for you on Friday, but until then, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, check us out. Also on Spotify, we can follow us there. Also on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Part two coming up tomorrow.